I'll be staying mostly in Psalms and Proverbs. I'm again reading verse 1. Psalms 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doeth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in the season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in these next few moments that you'll teach us, Lord, what this word prosper means to us Christians. And you're pleased when your children prosper. Bless us, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. I was... Me and my wife went out to eat today, and I ran into somebody that brought back some sad memories because there's a family that used to come here to church, and there's a young lady, she's about nine or ten years old, and uh, just a beautiful young lady, but her daddy was mistreating her, misusing her. And what was so bad about that is the mother knew about it and didn't do anything about it. And so I got involved in it and called the law. And, and anyway, in, in all, all of the happenings of it, the man committed suicide. And I ran into the lady, the, the lady today, and looking at her today, she's just uh, so much different than what she used to be. She used to be a very lovely lady, and here today you wouldn't even recognize her from what she used to be, how she's went down. And I got to thinking about this thing, of how what the word prosper means in the Bible. Now, uh, what I want to talk to you about tonight is removing roadblocks to prosperity. William H. Cook wrote a classic book on success motivation and the scriptures and he says this a right definition of success is important from two sides from the side of having God in it and from the side of having achievement in it now defining success without having God in the definition leaves man without the blessings of God upon his life and having God in the life and still not achieving is adding insult to the infinite. Because God knows more about success than man does, more about man's needs than man does, more about man's setting, goal setting than man does, more about inner confidence than man does, more about power than man does, more about planning life than man does. The reason I brought up that incident in the beginning is to prove a point. I went to the home visiting several years ago and tried to win the lady to the Lord. Nobody was home but her, and I sat and talked with her about the Lord. And she refused Christ as her Savior. And uh, she tried to hide her, which has nothing to do with it, but just to show you something. She tried to hide her smoking from me. 
And I'm just a preacher. I ain't nobody, you know, to hide that kind of stuff from me. But you can see her fingers all brown and the, her living room smelled of it and her clothes smelled of it and everything else. So you knew what was going on and the things that she was doing. But that ain't all she was involved in. And, and I, de- I dealt with it for a long time about it, not knowing all the rest of it is going on. And she refused Christ as her Savior. And then her daughter and her daddy got mixed up in the mess that they were mixed up in. And he committed suicide and everything else in the world. And she still refused to come to the Lord, still refused to go to church, wouldn't have nothing to do with the church. Still people think that they can be successful, they can enjoy life, without the Lord in their life. And you can't do it. Now, since God knows all these things that we just mentioned and provides a way to our success, why would we leave God out of our plans is my question tonight. Psalms 35, verse 27 says, Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of His servants. You know, when I read that years ago, I thought about something. God has pleasure when His servants, His children, saved people, prosper. I just don't believe, and and I'm not talking about now getting saved to have a million dollars. That ain't what I'm talking about at all. But I am saying that I do not believe a child of God has to be a pauper. I believe a child of God is blessed of God. Amen? And I believe that God blesses His children. Now Psalms 1 and verse 3 says of a child of God that God uh, puts God first. If He puts God first in His life, whatsoever He doeth shall prosper. Now prosperity is not necessarily being rich. A lot of Christians have more money than they can. God can trust them with is what I've said a many times and I believe that. I believe the Bible definition of prosperity is living a life of general welfare where God meets your needs and you enjoy His blessings. You know, a person don't need everything in the world to be happy. He just needs the necessities of life and have a good life. And I believe with all my soul that God intends for His children to have that. Now, God's plan of prosperity is found in Proverbs 28, verse 13. Listen to this. He that coveth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesses and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Now, the reason we don't prosper then is because we have unconfessed sins in our life. And that's where 1 John 1, 9 comes in. The Bible says if we'll confess our sins, He is faithful and just forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And you want to prosper in this world then, he that covereth, uncovereth his sins shall prosper. A wise man wrote this, He who falls into sin is human. Who who grieves over his sin is a saint. He who boasts of his sin is a devil. Now, I do know this. If you're a child of God, you can sin. But if you're a child of God, that sin will grieve you and will do something and you'll do something about it. 
Rene Pascal wrote this, there are two kinds of men, the righteous who believe themselves sinners, the rest sinners who believe themselves righteous. I was reading something here oh, several years ago about men that uh, commit uh, big crimes. I mean, mass shooters and so on. And every one of them that they interviewed in the jail that they was talking to, I'm not guilty. I mean, I ain't that bad. I'm not that bad a person. They would not own up to how vile and wicked they were. Now, the Bible says, He that covers his sin shall not prosper. Now, that's a, that's a principle throughout the Bible. David is an example of this principle. David was a child of God. David sinned with Bathsheba. David had her husband Uriah killed. Yet the Bible says David loved God deeply. And David tried to cover his sin. But I want to read you something now. Turn over to Psalms 51. Psalms 51. And I want you to look at verse 1 and 2. Now this psalm is speaking of David, and this is what he says. How merciful me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sins. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before thee. Against thee the only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Now, notice what the Bible says here. David felt dirty, and he was dirty. Then David pleased with God, wash me, cleanse me. So we find here that sin defiles, sin dirties. Now, if you can sin and not feel dirty then, I believe you're not saved according to the Bible. Now watch this. So covered sins dirties the soul, number one. Number two, unconfessed sin dominates the mind. Look at Psalm 51 again in verse 3. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. That's unconfessed sins dominates the mind. It stays on your mind all the time. David says my sin is ever before me. Thirdly, unconfessed sin depresses the heart. Look at verse 8 of Psalm 51. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. So, unconfessed sin depresses the heart. Unconfessed sin will cause depression, migraine headaches, ulcers. Turn over to Psalm 33 now. Let's back up to Psalm 33 for a minute. And I want you to watch verse 3 and 4. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Unconfessed sins will cause depression. It will cause you ulcers. It will cause everything in the world against your body. But the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about how to be healthy. For instance, <coughs> Proverbs 17, verse 22. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So when joy flees away, 
Your medicine is sapped. The joy of the Lord is a tonic for the heart, mind, soul, and spirit. I like to go around whistling. And, and I wonder sometimes, you know, if, if you can't whistle, I wonder sometimes you're saved. <laughs> that ain't nothing to do with it, amen. But at the same time, because I always, you, you ever seen these people put their fingers in between their mouth and whistle? I've always wanted to do that all my life. I can't do it to save my life. But uh, I, I always want to do it. But I like to go around humming and uh, just uh, a song out of your heart, you know. I, I might not can care a tune, but uh, to me it sounds pretty good. And I have a good time with it. And I have people all the time uh, on elevators and things that I'm on and in the grocery stores and places I have to go nowadays. And, and I'm uh, carried on and sometimes I go down the aisle of a grocery store humming to myself. And somebody said, well, you sure are happy today. You must be having a good day. Well, I am. Amen. And that's, I believe with all my soul that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Now, the joy of the Lord is a tonic for the heart then, mind, soul, and spirit. Here's God's formula for prosperity. Number one, never reject wisdom. Now, watch this. Turn over to Proverbs, please. One. Proverbs 1. And look with me in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is to be the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So never reject wisdom. Number 2. Never ridicule righteousness. Proverbs 14, verse 9. Fools make a mock of sin. Or what it means by that, they laugh about sin. So don't do that. Number three, never rejoice in sin. Look over at Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. And look with me, please, in verse 20 and verse 21. Proverbs 15, verse 20 and 21. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despises a mother. Father is joy to him that is destined of wisdom. But a man of understanding walketh uprightly. So, never rejoice in sin. Here's how prosperity works. Remember, you can be taught. I know a lot of people that you can't teach me, and I know everything. But I want to show you something. Turn back now to Proverbs chapter 1. Let's begin to read in verse 1. Proverbs 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtility to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I never will forget years ago right here in this church as a young man, uh, he, he was standing around talking to some of the older men there in the back of the church before his church started one Sunday. And uh, I was standing at a little distance off listening to him talk. And he was saying, man, I graduated from a uh, certain, certain college and and I went on talking about how it all he'd done. 
And I went, I was in the Army, and, and I, I went to the Special Forces in the Army, and I forgot now. He went on and on about all the things he'd done, and bragging about everything he'd done. And one of the old fellows that was standing there said, said wait a minute. If you'd have done everything that you'd done, you'd be 105 years old. Ain't no way you could have done everything. He wanted to make an impression on these old fellows around our church, them old gray-headed fellows, you know, he wanted to make a big impression on them of everything he'd done instead of listening to their wisdom. If there's one thing I've learned in life, do a lot more listening than you do talking, and you'll learn a lot, and you'll be a happy fellow. I never will forget one time I was listening to a uh, old preacher preaching. He said, don't get in an argument with a fool. He said, because somebody be standing around, they won't know which one's the fool. <laughs> and I never have gotten over that. And that's the truth. You know, you, you try to talk to some people, they know everything in the world. You can't teach them nothing. And they're never happy. I mean, they're not happy because the simple reason they know in themselves they haven't done all these things. They're lying. And then they have to live with a lie. And a man said this years ago to me, and, and I always try to remember this. He said, if you tell a lie, you got to prop it up with another lie. And you just keep on propping up lies with lies. If you tell the truth, it'll stand on its own. You know, I don't tell a lie about the truth, it'll stand on its own. And so that's the truth. And if you lie constantly about things you've done and exaggerate about everything in the world, you ain't going to be happy because you're worried somebody's going to find out you'd be as liar in town. Now, again, uh, remember something then you can be taught called Proverbs 1 and verse 1 through 4. Remember, secondly, you can learn by example. Proverbs 19.25 Smite a scorner and the simple will beware. I read a little thing and I've read it before but I think it's the cutest thing I've read in a long time because I know it works. It said a mother reported a little boy's teacher to a little boy's teacher. Now, Johnny is nervous. If he misbehaves in class, you slap the boy beside him and Johnny will straighten up. <laughs> I know that works. Amen. I know, I'm serious, man. My, my brother used to, he'd stand in daddy's face and holler at daddy and carry on. Daddy's just about kill him. And I thought, I ain't doing that. Amen. I done learned better than that. Now, I want you to look at Proverbs 21 for just a minute. Proverbs 21. I'm talking about being prosperous, having God's blessings on your life. And I want you to listen to this. Proverbs 21, verse 11. When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise. And when the wise is instructed, he receiveth knowledge. You know what, folks? It, what, what makes a a person prospers is to know what God has to say to you to be prosperous. And if you learn in His Word, this is what you, if you'll do these things, I shall make you prosperous. That doesn't mean He'll make you rich. It means He'll make you prosperous. You'll have a good life. And I just believe that there's more to life than money. I, I just believe there's more to life than things. And the more things that I get, the more I realize how unnecessary they really are. You know, I remember when I used to sit on the 
little creek bank with a fish pole and a bucket of worms and sat there and fish all day long with a little bobber waiting for it just to jump up and down in the water and maybe catch two or three little brims all day long and happy as a felark. We used to, when I had my big old bass boat, we'd head over to the lake and that thing was brand new, shiny from one end to the other. I mean, they had a new truck and, and a new bass boat, and I'm going down the lake. And I remember a guy pulling up, my wife's back. She's going to get me killed one of these days. But, uh, because, she, uh, you know, on them three-wheel bicycles, she rolled down the window the other day, and she said, oh, you got you some training wheels? I said, you better roll the window back up. Oh, did it cost extra for the training wheel? Yeah. I said, you're going to get us killed one of these days. But anyhow, I'm going down to the Highway 60 in my brand new bass boat, and a guy in a semi-truck pulled up beside us and blowed the horn. He said, way to go, he said. That's a nice rig you got there. Man, I felt just as good. I said, man, this is great. But you know, I passed a guy the other day, and this is the difference. I passed a guy the other day, had a little old John boat and nothing but a trolling motor on the back and two or three poles in it and a run-down truck. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? He's just as happy as a guy with a $100,000 truck and a $90-something-thousand-dollar bass boat. You know, it's not in things. It's not in money. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be happy. And learn to be happy with you. How do you do that? Learn you can be taught. You know, you don't know everything. And learn, you can learn by example. You can learn from somebody else. Uh, the old man used to sit beside out there and watch me lay blocks for years. And he, he just liked to watch me work. And uh, uh, he sat out there one day and he, he looked at me. And I never will forget him telling me this because it's helped me in my life. It's a, it's a philosophy that I've tried to use. He's a young man. You'll never get rich working with your hands. Don't you know that? You'll never get rich working with your hands. I wanted to slap him off that block. Uh, here I am working and sweating, trying to make a dollar, and he said, you'll never get rich by working with your hands. Learn to use your head instead of your hands all the time. And you know what? He's right. He's exactly right. You use your head. Of course you've got to use your hand some, but the, the, way you, you, the way you really live in this world is to learn to use your head. I was sitting in the doctor's office today. I looked around in that doctor's office, and every one of them in that waiting room of me had one of these $800 phones or more, and they'd go into town on it, just talking to one another. Ain't nobody talking to nobody. Do you ever notice nowadays nobody talks to one another? I was interested the other day, and a man and wife crossed the table one another, talking to one another on the phone. Hey, I'm over here. Amen. But they don't do that anymore. And, and one of them said to the other one, uh, they were talking about how smart these phones are, said, but you know, my little grandson can work one of these more better than I can work them. So it don't take a genius to work all this stuff. You don't need it to be happy. I pulled out mine. I said, this is a phone. I had a flip phone. That's all. I'll tell you what the guy told me when I carried my old one in, my old flip phone to get this one new. He looked at that and I said, uh, what do you want me to do with this thing? 
I said, I don't care what you do with it. He said, well, I don't want the thing. Why don't you take it home and put it in a frame, put it on your wall? You've had it so long. <laughs> you know what? I'm happy my little phone. Amen. Don't mess with me. I believe you can be prosperous without having everything in the world. You really can. You can have peace of mind. And God intended His people to be that way. And you can do it. Amen. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, help us to learn from one of the greatest men of wisdom that's ever walked the faces of Solomon. You said so. And Lord, you were used, he was used to the Holy Spirit to pin down the Proverbs. Lord, there's so much that we can learn from those. Just everyday living. How to be happy. How to have peace of mind. How to have a healthy body. How to have a sane mind. Think right. Act right. It's all in there. Help us to learn it. And Lord, we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much.